a listener production. All right, let's get to the final. Planning. We, we spoke about planning at an early game. What was the general feeling between the coaching group and the playing group against tackling New Zealand, who you do have a really, really strong record against? Uh, well, they've got a few match winners. Obviously, with the ball, they got Bolton Southie up front. Ish Sodi was in in pretty good form and, and had had the wood over us in the past, uh, as a lot of leg spinners around the world have. With the bat, we're really conscious of we know the impact that Guptill can have with the with, in the power play. Uh, Phillips, who's a three sixty player, he can ramp. He is such a dynamic player. We knew how important he was, and Jimmy Neesham as their as their main power. I suppose we 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 knew that that's that's where they could get to that one ninety plus total. Um, and then you've got the class of Kane Williamson who. If he bats for a long period of time, everyone else can bat like absolute loose cannons around him because you know once it's like how we use Smithy. Once he gets in, you can't get him out. So, <laughs> and unless he unless he, he makes a mistake, so he was he's so important to hold their team together. Um, Milan, he does it for England. Smudge for us, Virat for India. There's, there's, most teams have one of those guys that once they get in, they everyone can bat around him, and. That, that that was the planning basically. We we knew the impact that they could have, um, so so that's where a lot of our attention went. Obviously, it became a big thing that the team batting second in Dubai. I, I don't know. There was ten, twelve games there. There was one win for the team batting first. Marshy, that, 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 that was the IPL final. So that right. so, so that that's always in the back of your mind that the only time it's happened is is a final. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so are you riding the toss hard when Finchie goes out because he's tossing? of the coin was outstanding throughout the tournament. He kept getting it right. Are you you riding the toss hard or is it irrelevant in your mind? Uh, For me personally, yeah, irrelevant. Um, Obviously knew that we were going to bowl first if we won the toss. That's the way we shaped up for the whole tournament. But um, I sort of grew up um, like, you know, I've had J.O. as my coach for 10 years in the Scorchers, Um, even my old man, all that sort of stuff and all the senior players that I've played with. Runs on the board in finals, it's always bloody hard to chase. So in my mind, I was like, I actually don't, I don't care what we do. Um, had so much faith in our group and our batting lineup. If we batted first to get a really, to put a big total on the board, we were just so full of confidence. Um, didn't ma- it didn't matter to me, but um, I suppose when we, when you win the toss and like when we win the toss and we bowl, it's like we know what we're doing. We're so assured of what we're going to be doing that you're just like, all right. It's go time. Let's go. Let's get it done. So before the go time, Finchie, take us into the, uh, you know, we hear it in footy, the big the big pump-up speech. What happens when just before you're about to run out on the ground, I don't know if you do it on the edge of the ground, players gather around, A. Finch, the man from Colac, it's a T20 World Cup final. What do you say? Just bring the energy in the field. That, that's the only thing that we can control. Um, we felt as though in the Pakistan game we're a little bit flat for that first 10 overs and, and – sort of against the West Indies as well, they put us on the back foot with their pressure and we, we sort of stood back and, and didn't have much of a presence in the field. So all it was was have some fun, bring energy in the field, that's it. And it was going brilliantly, mate. The 10 over mark, you know, they, they couldn't score. Zamps was doing his thing. And then Kane, 85 from 48. It was, well, it was the fastest uh, T20 
half century in a, uh, I think it was in a World Cup, and then there's another fella came along in the second innings and beat that, but we'll get to, to that, Marshy. <laughs> but how are you feeling at that stage? And Starkey had a tough day, none for 60, and at that stage the Kiwis with four or five overs to go, the score could have been anything. Yeah, I've never seen Josh Hazelwood drop a catch ever. Um, so for him to put one down. Um, oh, off Kane, yes. Yeah, so he, he dropped Williamson, I think, first over after the after that timeout. Shot. Not taken, no, not taken. And for everything happened. Went beautifully off the bat, found the field and dropped four. Oh, it's a story in itself, that one ball. Then Kane just played an unbelievable knock. Marshy, Marshy had bowled one. Maxi come on the bowl as well and um, he was hitting one-handed sixes over the long boundary. So it was just everything was going his way. But it, it, felt, it never felt like the total was out of control. Um Paddy Cummins, I think, closed it out with 10 off his last two overs right at the death there, which was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, that, that was a turning point in the game as well. A lot of momentum back in our favour after that happened. No, just a change of line. Oh, big from Williamson. Monstrous. Four, four, six, taking stock to the cleaners. Uh, we, we've heard you mic'd up so often on, on Fox Cricket on the Big Bash, which is brilliant. A man of Mitchell Stark's experience, do you say anything? Do you offer reassurance as a captain or do you think he's played so much cricket he knows what he's got to do and I'll leave him to it? Oh, the only thing I'd go, I'd just try and ask him what ball he's, he's committed to bowling. And the only time I ever overrule a, a bowler's decision, because if it's their idea and they're committed to that ball, their chances of, of executing it are so much higher. So i just ask him what ball he's bowling so I can set a field. And... Um, to ha- for him to have, uh, I think, Paddy Cummins at mid-off or, or long-off, which wasn't a huge hit, to be able to bounce off and, and reassure that the plans that we've gone through are, are correct, um, that, that, that's all you're doing there. It, it's, yeah, he's been unbelievable for a long time now. Yes. A question for both of you. New Zealand make four for 172. If at the start of the innings, Marshy, someone said New Zealand make 172, are you taking that or are you saying, no, we're, I'm not taking that? Um, I'm probably not taking 170. Um, I'd give an arm and a leg for 150 in a final. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, in a international cricket, you get someone like Kane Williamson who does what he does. You tip your hat, and um, I've said it a few times now. I just, I still just had so much faith in our team that I was like, we can get it, we can get it, we got this. Um, what about you, Finchie? Yeah, similar. I probably would have taken it, to be honest. I think having, um, like, the, I know chasing was a big theme of the of the whole tournament, but there, there hadn't been any due up until that that night. Like, the lights take effect and, and may have an impact, but there's no physical due on the ground. Halfway through our innings, it was absolutely wet through the, was it? the outfield. And so I would have taken, yeah, 170 I would have taken with, with how much due there was around. How difficult is it? So you've done 20 overs as captain. As I said, we've heard you mic'd up. It's every ball something's going on. Then bang, you've got to switch. You've got to go in. You've got to get your pads on. You've got to walk out to bat. I know you've done it a lot, but what's the process to take your captain's head off and put your batsman's head on? Uh, oh, it's just about committing to your plans again. So for me, nothing really changed. And I had so much confidence in our group and, Honestly, for the first time in the whole tournament, 
David Warner sitting in there putting his pads on and he's like up and about and he's yelling out. He's like, come on. Like he's like, <laughs> he, he's literally gone into David Warner the bull, um, which he hasn't done that for the whole tournament. I, I haven't seen him do that for quite a while with how animated he was. So that to me, that was just like, we'll be okay here. So Marshy comes in, Marshy. What about them first three balls? Well, I, I, well, this you 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 talk us through them. There's six and four and four, Finchy. What are you thinking when Marshy strides out in a T20 World Cup final? The first ball he gives it the old flick over backward square for a maximum, and he's away the big boy from the west. It was a statement in the most authoritative manner, like that. What a start that is. Oh, my gosh. Mitch Marsh pulverising the first ball he faced for six before back-to-back boundaries off the second and third. That'll be four more. He did it in the in the first game we played against New Zealand in the the warm-up games. Davey gets out first ball off Southie, Nick to slip. Mitch walks in second ball, smacks one over square leg off Tim Southie. It's like, shit, where's that come from? And to have that ability... And to hit good fast bowling from ball one is is almost unmatched. But so I'm I'm, I'm down in the sheds. I've taken my pads off. I've heard a roar, and I, I heard the exact same roar the game before when Mitch has been hit on the foot by Shahina Freedy, who <laughs> felt like he was bowling 180. It was so yeah. that's as fast as I've faced for a long time. As fast right. as I've seen in that first over, and I've heard it, and I've looked up at the TV. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Bison's <laughs> just put one 20 rows back. So I've rushed outside, next ball four, next ball four. I'm like, that, that helps a chase pretty quick. It, it gets some momentum back on your side. What was your attitude walking out, Marshy? I, I don't know. I, there's not many blokes walk out and actually think, right, I'm going to put the first ball over the fence. Does it just happen? What's your mindset as you go out there? Um, yeah, my mindset was just really clear. Um, I wasn't, I mean, it's pretty easy to get like overexcited in a World Cup final. I was just um, really confident in my ability. Like I just went out there and I've worked so hard for so long, you know, to um, to have balls in my area to go for six um, or go for four or start positively with the bat. Um, so you, you kind of feel like it's just a culmination of, it just doesn't just happen, you know. It's it's years of hard work. Um, Andrew McDonald had a conversation with me uh, back in March, um, and it stuck with me from the day that conversation happened to that first ball in the World Cup final, and it was all based around um, basically going from ball one. And if I can start to do that, um, I'll become I can become a different player, a different asset for our team. Generally speaking, like I've always taken a few balls to get going. And that was probably more just a mindset thing in, in the fact that I knew that I could always catch up um, with my boundary hitting back end of my innings. But he just spoke to me about going from ball one. And so from that moment, six months ago, I that's all I've practiced. I've practiced and I've practiced it. Um, it's probably more of a mental thing than actually physically training that because I know I can hit boundaries. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just went out there and I just, I just felt so good. I was just on... Um, and it just it just happened as soon as I did that I walked down and I punched Davey's hand that hard I was so excited I was just I looked back at the change rooms and Marcus Stoney's out there he's like a big gorilla he's just I can hear him the crowd's that loud and I can hear Stoney going at me yes. it's just 
you know, it creates that sense of love and um, and just for the boys, you want to be out there, you want to be in the middle and I'll probably sound a little bit excited here, but it was just, it was so good. Like I haven't really had a chance to talk about it. I've been sitting in a room in quarantine, so it's, um, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, talk about it. What, what, Finchie, as a, as a uh, you know, half the country sitting at home, you know, in the, in the middle of the night watching it, and it's nerve-wracking to watch because, you know, a wicket here, a wicket there, and and you're done and the Kiwis win. How do you go? You sound like you're pretty calm throughout when, when you're sitting in the sheds watching the other boys. Yeah, it was really calm, actually, surprisingly. I thought it was strange. The closer we closer we got, the more nervous you get because it's almost like you can you can you can feel it, you can sense it, you can taste it, and and it's like you you want it so bad that the closer it gets, it starts to become real, and that's when you that's when you think shit, it's ours to lose now, because the run rate was nine, pretty much from the start, um, never got above nine point three around that mark, and it was just one of those things that we're always we're always ahead of the game, but it's. When it's yours to lose, that's when I got got a little bit nervous, and I'm like, "Come on, we just need one boundary." Maxi, Maxi was trying hard to, he was trying to hit every ball for six. Um, it was like, "Come on, just we'll one, just one boundary, one boundary," and um, yeah. But so, but it was a calming, calming. Then Davey sitting beside me after so after he got out, he's sitting beside me, he's going, "Just hit it, hit it into the leg side and run too, just run too." Uh, it was yeah, it was unbelievable. What was it like out in the middle when it was game on, Marsh? Yeah, obviously 77 off 50, mate. Again, congratulations. It's a show-stopping innings on the biggest stage of all. How are you feeling out in the middle as the innings progressing? You're keeping an eye on the run rate. You and Davey are smacking them and then, then Maxie's out there. Is it fun or is there no time for fun? Um, I think you're just so engaged in the actual game itself that, um, I mean, it's fun doing what you love and you're out there, but you're just so sort of in, in that Mental state. You just, um, I just was. All I was looking at was the run rate, how many we needed, how many balls left. Um, batting with Davey Warner is so much fun. I mean, Poochie's had the privilege of doing that them two for, I mean, almost ten years now. And, um, it's so he's so good to bat with. He's he's quite intense. Um, he loves talking. He loves talking about what the bowler's going to be doing and what they're going to try to do to you. And I'm the opposite. I don't like talking. I just once I'm in, I'm just I don't I just Punch gloves and tell him to keep going. 50 comes up of 34 balls. The Bull and the Bison both making brilliant 50s on the biggest stage. What a game-changing half-century this is for Mitch Marsh. So, yeah, the, the sort of the first half, three-quarters of the run chase, you're just trying to get that run rate down and um, and just keep going and balls in your area, just keep trying to smack it over the fence. And then, yeah, once it started to get a bit closer... Um, well, I remember we needed 37 off 30. I think that's when Maxi came in and, I mean, it would have been a monumental stuff up if we if we lost it from there. But as he started well, he hasn't. It's gone for six. Oh, that sounded stunning. And it's gone as long as it seemed it would when you heard the sound. Like, I generally, like, I just... I. I had this, like, almost tears building up in my eyes. I was like, you know, we're so close and we got this. Um, and then I snapped out of that. I was like, mate, come on, what are you doing? Switch on, switch back on here. And, um, and then literally probably the last 20 runs, I was absolutely cooked. Like, I was, 
I literally couldn't hit him. I don't know if you, you saw that. I shanked a couple of fours. Um, and I, in my head, I was just thinking, please hit these winning runs, Maxi, because I cannot. I was, I was, my body was like starting to shut down. I think it was just the adrenaline and everything, all the build up, six weeks of, you know, been reasonably nervous of all the games, but um, all the build up. And then, yeah, once we got down to about 10, I just started taking it in. I remember I changed a bat um, and I sort of walked halfway off towards the change rooms to change my bat and I got the bat and then I looked up at the team and I was telling, come on, I was yelling out, come on to the boys. And they were all on the balcony, they were clapping, they were hugging. It was like, generally speaking in cricket, it's, I mean, we're, a lot of etiquette in cricket, you know, like we don't, we don't do that stuff. We don't show emotion. Like when we hit a boundary, we don't give them the fist up and yell out like other sports do, you know, it's all about showing etiquette and being respectful to the opposition and the, and the game itself. And this team was different. It was just like, once we got close, we, there was just so much love and we were, I mean, I was yelling out to the boundary, like who does that? It was just, but there was just so much emotion and um, passion for Australia and, from, from everyone, not just me, from the whole team. It's just that last 10 runs was just so fun. I was looking around the crowd and, you know, there's actually quite a few Aussies in the crowd, so it was awesome and, yeah, just moments I'll never forget. So from both of your perspective, I'll, I'll start with you in the middle, Marshy. The the tournament is won with, of course, Maxi playing a switch here to reverse, whatever. Yeah. whatever yeah. It was always going to be that way. Mark War will be yeah. he'll be rolling his eyes when when he uh, when he would have been watching it. What happens immediately in the middle is you see the ball go down towards the rope, Marshy. Maxwell looks to finish it, and he might have done it as well. Five times fifty over men's World Cup champions, a team that can never ever be written off, and they've finally got their hands on a men's T20 World Cup trophy, and it is richly deserved. Improved with every game, have Australia. They are now a champion team. Well, uh, I'm not sure if many people saw it, but the ball was halfway to the boundary, and Stoinis and Zampa were halfway out in the ground. <laughs> they hadn't even gone over the rope yet. <laughs> they nearly ran into, they nearly ran was, into uh, Matt Henry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was Milne, sorry, Milne. it was so yeah Milne, yeah it was so funny and then um, obviously I just embraced Maxi gave him a big hug and fisted like big fist pumps and um, and then it was just like the attention turned to the change rooms and I sort of left Maxi half by himself there for one second and um, I saw Storm and Zorby running out and just wanted to get around the lads uh, the initial moment feeling of Winning the World Cup was just, you know, I, I wish I could go back to that moment again. And for you over the last 15, 20 runs, Finchie? Uh, yeah, just nerves again. Like it was, that was the most nervous I've been throughout the whole, whole tournament. And one thing that kept coming back into my mind is I remember Jason Roy talking to me about um, when Carlos Brathwaite hit the 24 off, off the last oh. over to, to win. He said, as as a couple of their boys were running past each other between overs, they West Indies need twenty four off six. They're like, oh, what's your Instagram post going to be and stuff like that. And that that always played in the back of my mind, like never ever allow yourself to to think think too far ahead. And um, oh, I was just just pumped. I'm like still nervous, but it's almost like you you. 99.9% sure that, that you're going to win. Well, we, we were. Um, but you just don't want any any kind of hiccups at all. And then you do win. 
yeah, that was, uh, I didn't know whether to laugh, cry, run onto the ground, um, what to do. It was, they said, oh, let's, we've got to go and do the post-match pretty quick. So then we're all standing over there and we're about 25 minutes later, we're still just standing there, nothing's happening. Like, um, yeah, it was just a little bit of emotion gone out of it by that stage and, and it's actually a chance to to talk to people rather than just jumping around and yelling and screaming. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I want to play you. Um, so, Marsha, you, you sent out... Um, you sent out the best clip I've seen of the whole World Cup on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. um, just ha- have a listen to this and then tell me what it means. That's unbelievable. That's been, that, that's been our song the whole way through. <laughs> so my favourite bit of the whole thing is that song starts to fire up <laughs> and then... Wadey's got ski goggles on, which you need to explain to me at some stage where they come from, and you're walking out, Finchy, and you hear it with you saying, I've got to go and do the press. And then you say, oh, hang on, hang on, and then you went in like a little <laughs> ferret right into the middle of the circle, and it was just... It was great to see professional athletes just being able to celebrate everything they've achieved. You've both told your story on this podcast about the ups and downs of international sport. Was that a song throughout the tournament? Like, Finch, are you saying I've got to do the press and then turning around? It, it cracks me up. I watched it about 15 times. Um, after each win, that'd be on in the change rooms. That'd be that'd be pumping. There was there was actually a night um, after the which game? What game was it after that we went and played golf at uh, Jamira? Might have been after the West uh, Indies game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and yeah. and we've gone there. We've we've been set aside this area. The COVID police have allowed us to sit outside and have a couple of beers. And on the way back on the bus, Zamps has got this speaker like uh, blast. Sweppo, maybe Mitch Swepson, has got it blasting so loud, like on the back of the bus, and that is just pumping. And boys are dancing around on a bus, like it was, it was unbelievable. And that, and that was sort of like the the theme throughout the whole um, the whole tournament. That that song. Well, uh, uh, Marsha, you're in that huddle. Then um, I know people listen to your episode, how much winning means and how much you're a team man. But at the end of the day, you're man of the match in a World Cup final. You made 77, you're with your mates and you're just going off chops. It's just, <laughs> how good? <laughs> oh, it was incredible, hey. Like, as I said before, those moments in the change rooms is why why you play. And a few of us actually spoke about, it, like, yeah, winning the game of cricket, winning that World Cup final, we were nervous for that and, um, we obviously wanted to do that, but what you play for, and I'm sure this is the same no matter what level of cricket or footy or whatever, you play for the celebrations. You play to sit back and... Winner's piss. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and so, like, once you realise what you've achieved when you're at the ground and the celebrations, what you realise you've just achieved as a group, 
you get into the change rooms and it's like, oh, let's riff in, boys, let's go. And that's, I mean, that moment, it's pretty rare to sort of share um, experiences from inside the change rooms, but I just wanted the people see, like, people to see how much it meant to us and that, you know, we've achieved something amazing. We're the first Australian team to ever win a World Cup. Yep. Yet we're just normal blokes that love having a sinking WP <laughs> and uh, and dancing and carry on like Muppets in the change room. That's what it's all about. Finchie, who who prepares to bring – where do the ski goggles come from? I think I saw Zampa in them. I definitely saw Wadey in them. Like, who goes to a game of cricket with ski goggles? It's a great question. I, I, I thought the exact <laughs> was, same thing. It was um, – I think it was maybe Ash Agar's idea. Right. But same thing, it comes from the – you know, all the American yeah. NBA players and stuff when they win, or the NFL, whenever they win stuff, they've got the champagne bottles and big ski goggles. And so before the game, Zorbs, and I spoke to Zorbs about it and said, mate, if we're going to win, let's do it properly. Let's get the ski goggles. So <laughs> Zorba, Zamps bought them on uh, Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And they came in within, within one day and the boys are on, actually. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that could be more perfect. Yeah. The, the, the difference with American sport, like especially basketball, is we're playing one game. Like they're, they're playing a best of seven, so they've got some time to prepare. If they're three, three one up, they, then they can go buy some ski goggles. We, we had one chance, mate. And the, the ability, well, the confidence in the side to be able to, to do that first is, is pretty special. Mm. I, I want to, uh, I'd love to hear what you think, Finchie. Um, I want to read you, and I don't want to embarrass you here, Marshy, but you came on the show just prior to going over um, and you spoke really openly about how difficult cricket can be and it's a real mental game and you talked a lot about, I asked you a lot about the negative association some Australian supporters had had. You talked about bowling a boxing day after Petey got dropped and being booed and being close to tears and in many ways at times being a whipping boy for Australian cricket. So I I, you know, there's a post here where he sent it out to promote the podcast and saying that Marsh had stuck it out of. I just want to read you. I just, I'm just putting on anywhere here. Um, some of the comments. Bloody oath, stoke for him. Australia needs to reassess this tall poppy bullshit. Well done, Marshy. Uh, Gavin Ringo, a wonderful story of resilience. EP Bain, episode of your podcast has been my 10 year old son's favourite, mainly because of the never give up attitude of Mitch Marsh 235, a great role model for young cricketers. Well done, Mitch. Wonder how he's enjoying winner's piss as a champion from Dow too. <laughs> but they go on and on and on. Pat Laws says, I have so much respect for this guy, Mitch Marsh. After listening to your interview with him, I felt pretty bad about being critical of him at times. It's so easy to bag someone, but you're spot on. Aussies can be so quick to knock our champions instead of cheering them on. Mitch is obviously a huge part of that cricket team and leadership group. This was so clear to see last night when the winning runs were hit. Well done, Australia. World 20 champions. Well done to the skipper Finch and to Mitch Marsh. Now, there's 150 comments along those lines. So you've taken all the negative ones, Marshy. Before you answer it, Finch, you've seen him go through a lot of this. How does it strike you? 
oh, the the resilience to keep bouncing back and and keep improving is is unbelievable. And as the most loved Australian cricketer in the change rooms, like there's there's not one person that would ever ever wish this kind of success on anyone else than than Marshy. It's it's to see see him dominate, not not just play well in a in a World Cup final, to dominate it and well, it was it was amazing. And just how much respect the boys have and love for him is is pretty special. And Marshy, you've taken all the negativity on the chin and I know you're not uh, I stuck it up him because that's not why you play the game. But you also talked in that episode that everybody wants to be loved. You're like all of us. How are you feeling about receiving all this love now when there's been a lot of negativity in the past? And I know it, it comes and goes and, and and it goes one way or the other, but how are you feeling about it, mate? Um, yeah, certainly uh, I've embraced the last few days. Um, it's been incredible the amount of support and love that we've all had. Um, you get, get a real sense that the whole of Australian cricket community, the fans and um, everyone involved just really proud of this team and, um, you know, individually hopefully really proud of um, the way I was able to go about that performance um, in the final. And, um, yeah, I, mean, I think I said it before, this is the other night, it's just a culmination of a lot of hard work. And um, even, you know, Stoyne's um, little story throughout the World Cup around the scar tissue, that was his terminology that he used, the scar tissue of failing, um, being told you're not good enough, all that sort of stuff creates scar tissue, um, I guess for me, all that sort of stuff build, built resilience and um, you probably don't, you actually probably don't realise it until those big moments happen. Um, so, you know, upon reflection, the last couple of days, you, yeah, it's got a great sense of, I'm so proud of, to be a part of this Australian team, but um, to be able to have the influence I did in the final was, just makes me really, really proud. So, um yeah, hopefully uh, that team itself can sit together for a while now and we get a World Cup next year. Um, so funny, actually. I've <laughs> got to tell you the story. that We were on the bus on the way home and uh, Dave Warner was yelling out to JL and I think maybe George, George Bailey was on the phone and he was yelling out, name the squad, name the squad for next year, <laughs> same team, <laughs> name the squad. And then, and then, we're all... then everyone just started chanting you... it throughout the whole bus. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got fifteen blokes in the back of the bus hugging each other. We're going to the cup, boys. We're going to the cup. <laughs> so it was just so funny. Your old man, which I hadn't thought about prior to this, he was obviously involved in, in the in the famous Alan Border led nineteen eighty seven World Cup yep. fifty over win yep. um, against England on the subcontinent. When did you get a chance to speak to your dad? Um, it actually, I, I texted him straight after the game. Um, it was obviously middle of the night back home by the time we sort of got our phones and stuff. So it wasn't until the next day that I, yeah, called home, called mum and dad and spoke to them. Um, they were obviously very, very proud and stayed up all night to watch. So I got a photo in our little family WhatsApp group. What was it? Maybe 2.30 in the morning when it was all done and dusted and Swampy was sitting on the couch with a beer and a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I don't know how that went down, but uh, I'm sure the beer went down beautifully. <laughs> the, also, great shots 
um, of you guys leaving the arena, Finchie, and there was drummers there and the boys were stopping and Stoyne was playing the drums. Uh, like, how do you celebrate? Do you go back to a hotel room together? Like, what, what does the night entail? It's obviously pretty late at that point. Yeah, it wasn't as late as what we would have liked to have left the stadium. Um, unfortunately, the team manager didn't get his calculations with with uh, amount of beers right in the change rooms. Um, oh, so you ran out? Yeah, mm. so we, so we ran out. So then criminal. Th- One so then, job. Then we were back to the hotel. One job. Um, back up to the, the they'd set aside the, the rooftop bar for us at the hotel. Um, bit of food, champagne, beers. So it was yeah, it was just everyone up there, all the support staff, all the players. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I finished this sentence for me, Marshy. I want to talk to Finchie about the captaincy and what it means now, but I finished this sentence for me. I like to be captained by Aaron Finch because? Um, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, before I finish that sentence, I do cop the odd spray from Finchie uh, on the field. I'm at times going to be a little bit of an airhead um, when I'm in the field. Um, so I, I'm I'm partial to a uh, a good old fashioned spray from Finchie on the on the um, on the field, which is always a bit of fun. Um, I love to be captained by Aaron Finch because he just allows me to go out there and express myself um, and play without fear. Um, and I know he's always got my back, no matter what on the field. I know he's got my back, and as a player, that's what you want from a captain. That's all you need, I reckon. And Finchie. Again, I know you're very much a team man, but we were speaking about the 987 World Cup captain by Alan Border, Ricky Ponting, World Cup winning captain, um, would have been Michael Clark in in the 50 over World Cup that you won. Now to be a World Cup winning captain, team aside, what does it mean to you? Oh, just really proud. That's that's. It's so good because because no one gave us a chance, and well, we should have asked Zamps about it before actually because he he kept the receipts of all the all the comments made by by journos and past players, and it was quite funny when he's standing up on the rooftop and he's and he's reading them all out. We're we're standing around in the circle and he, he's he's reading them all out from from everyone who's written us off, um, which was quite funny. Um, yeah, just really proud, mate. The the I don't think it's truly sunk in what an achievement it is, to be honest. Now, I messaged both of you that the Big Penguin angled for a day off school because he's like, oh, you can't have a conversation with Finchie and Marshy and not let me be there, Dad. I said, mate, <laughs> you've had enough time off school. So uh, you now get the Big Penguin, which is sort of a question, sort of a statement. Um, it's directed to both of you. You know, he's uh, massive fans of both of you and it's a privilege to be able to play his question to you. We really appreciate it. All right, here we go. Hey, Finchie. Hey, Marshy. Great job on winning the World Cup. Dad and I got up straight away in the morning to watch the highlights because I'm obviously probably not allowed to get up at 1 o'clock to watch it. So we watched the highlights. You were so good. Vinci, you captain amazingly. And Marshy, those sixes and those fours were amazing. Vinci, could you please bring the trophy down sometimes to Bowenhead so we can see it? We're, we're actually down there next week. Um, Are you? Yeah. Unfortunately, so I woke up the next morning and didn't know where the trophy was. 
the the guys that are uh, my kit bags are on the Gold Coast. My my, my two kit bags got taken to the team's luggage somehow. So that's on the Gold Coast. So I was like, where's the trophy? Maxi Maxi slept with it. So then we're, we're going to get on the plane or going to check our bags in at Dubai Airport, and Maxi just throws it in the, the side pocket of his bag. Not didn't wrap it in a towel or anything. Just chucked it in the side pocket. No so, anyway, so anyway, he brings it around um, the other day. And then we had some media stuff to do yesterday, so so it's in the cricket cricket Australia office at the moment. But um, you know what, Penguin, I'll bring my medal down next next week. I think we're down there on Friday. Um, yep, that'd be outstanding. I, I don't want to go. You know, let's let's leave it here. Let's not talk about the Ashes or the Big Bash coming up. Um, I had this idea just yesterday morning that it'd be great to chat with you blokes. It'd be a privilege for me. And the fact you both jumped on with Zamps straight away, I really appreciate. I hope people love listening to some of the behind the scenes stories. And I hope you two and Adam and the whole team realise how difficult a year it has been for so many people, especially New South Wales and Victoria in lockdown with the rest of the country and to be up at night or jumping up and watching the highlights on KO the next morning and riding every ball and seeing you guys live out your dreams has given every cricket fan and sports fan a massive lift. I hope you get showered with love over the next six months. Um, and congratulations, you're, you're, you're the best team in the world um, and it's given us all a massive lift. So whatever happens from here on in, you're the best in the business. So thanks to the both of you and congratulations. And Finch, I hope you get some family time. And Marsh, I hope you eventually get out of quarantine and get to do what you need to be doing in life. Straight to the pub. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Howie. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers, boys. Well done. Listener.